Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hi guys, welcome to the e-commerce growth show. Another episode for you today. Uh, I'm talking to uh, a lady called Sophie Wilson, who is a digital consultant at Astound Commerce, um, as I'm sure you'll be you'll be aware of in London. And um, she's been there for 18 months. But uh, prior to that, had a lot of experience in e-commerce teams for big retailers, including Arcadia, Kath Kidston, Jimmy Choo, and Saloni, uh, primarily in the sort of trading and merchandising roles, but also uh, mucking in, you know, from everything from customer care, graphics, uh, and email deployment. So I'm, I'm really uh, excited to talk to Sophie a bit more about that, that great experience and what she's doing at the moment at Astound. Welcome, Sophie. Hi, thank you for having me. Not at all, not at all. How, how are you today? Yeah, I'm really well, thanks, uh, especially as the world is gradually opening up, finally. How are you? Yeah, yeah, similarly, it's nice. You know, it's uh, the sun's out. I mean, it's a bit cold still, but it's 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 kind of bright. And, and, and as you say, the world's sort of opening up a little bit, which is great. Um, so just to sort of kick off as a bit of an icebreaker, really, we mentioned uh, in the intro that you spent some time at uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Choo. Um, tell us a bit more about that experience. Yeah, so I actually applied for work experience there when I was 15. And I think it was initially in the design department. Um, yeah. I wasn't really fussed about my career ambitions at that point, to be honest. I just thought it sounded very glamorous and exciting. And yeah. compared to um, everyone else in class, it was very exciting. Um, but I ended up doing a lot of cross departmental stuff and helping the website, which at the time was barely operational um, and very primitive and run by one person um, who would be my future boss in years to come. So yeah, that was the start of my e-commerce career and uh, yeah, extensive shoe collection as well. So it's... I was going to hope you get some bargains out of it. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> so you must have seen, that must have been such an excellent experience for you to start at the ground up and see that transformation over the years, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, the details of what I was doing. I think it was very manual, um, you know, creating a lot of, of random content for the site at the time. Um, and it was yeah. only you know, a few weeks when I was 15, but I actually revisited it um, post-university and did a proper e-com internship and then worked for all those different brands. Um, mm, yeah. But it's been so interesting seeing how e-commerce has grown. Um, yeah. and the teams and the functions have grown mm. as well oh no completely I'm, I'm sure i'm sure so so let's sort of move on to the the main sort of subject we were gonna we were gonna chat about today so obviously um we're seeing some light into the tunnel um we've got some non-essential retail opening just this week um and um so obviously astound historically big si massive e-commerce player out there in the world um, with some massive clients um, and obviously it's you're really talking a bit about going back to kind of the importance of omni omni channel um, which absolutely as as things are opening up and there's been such a tension 
and such a lot going on in terms of um, everyone been talking about like the acceleration to e-commerce and the fact that kind of bricks and mortar is kind of being left behind and sort of dying. But you're really saying in this chat that, hold on a minute, you know, you, you're a big advocate and champion of the, of the entire omni-channel um, operation, if you like. So it'd be interesting to bring that to the table in terms of what you guys are doing, what are your thoughts and strategies around what is going on with respect to the other side of the fence. Um, why don't you start just by diving in and giving us a bit of a summary as to as to how you how you guys are feeling about that at the moment? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as you were saying, the pandemic has accelerated e-commerce. Mm. Um, but what we are trying to emphasize is that the stores need to be online's best ally to create this user experience. Um, that's really the point we're trying to drive home. And it no longer makes sense to have these competing models of store versus online, which is definitely what I experienced when I worked on the client side. Yeah. And at Astound, it's been really clear who the winners are and who the losers are. And those equipped with Omnichannel, at least with their strategy, are really coming out on top because consumers, as we know, want more choice and flexibility. And they'll also spend more across these channels. So that's how we're trying to support clients. And we also argue, and we say this time and time again, that stores should be treated as marketing um, and loyalty mm. opportunities effectively. So mm. Mm. allowing um, customers to browse in store, they might pay later online. Um, mm. It's providing an opportunity for users to engage with products and that all contributes to a positive brand experience. And then you've got obviously the more pragmatic functions of fulfillment and contactless payment. So. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting, and I would say our clients are really focusing on um, retention strategies and leading with the what's in it for the customer, um, rather than you know let's drive sales, which is you know obviously really important, but secondary to the vision um, for the best user experience across mm -hmm. the all touch points, um, yeah. and and then subsequently we're seeing a lot of interest in omni-channel technologies and and how can we really focus on this now um so yeah it's been it's been really yeah. interesting yeah i suppose it makes a lot of sense i mean what we've seen clearly is where some of the big stalwarts have have really struggled to balance mm. online with offline and mm. sadly have failed you know or, or fallen prey to it but of mm. course it's not all doom and gloom within that world there are some really fantastic um positive positive stories that have come out of certain brands that have that have really been able to navigate through this successfully and i suppose it's it's with those kind of brands in mind that you're you're talking about the importance of this omni-channel um type experience you know whether it be you know um next would come to mind as quite a big quite a big one particularly i think just recently they were talking about bringing mini garden centers into their um stores can you believe which i thought wow. was a yeah, really interesting kind of move. I think partnering with, uh, I think it's partnering with the, you know, B and Q, Kingfisher, um, to do that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned about very quickly before you go into that the this kind of um, siloed type situation between online and offline, and you've obviously experienced that. Mm -hmm. um, I I do find it odd. And, and, and also, I, I have an affinity with it because I've been in, for my sins, sales for 
many years. And um, you always find that everything is a cost center. So rather than looking at things holistically, mm. a business all too often says, right, here's a silo partnerships, here's a silo outbound, inbound, whatever. Are they making money? You know, are, are they profitable mm -hmm. as an individual? And sometimes that might fail, you know, um, because you're only looking at that entity and seeing whether it's making you money or not and a return. Whereas is there a holistic thing going on? In terms of what you were talking about, is it the same sort of thing? I mean, what, why would you have an offline and online team competing against each other? I mean, just purely from experience. Yeah. It's, it's just like you were saying, it's it's driving revenue and yeah. go to go and who's got the biggest sell through rate on, on this certain product range and yeah. not necessarily thinking about the stock as a whole, the vision as a whole, um, yeah. but it's definitely yeah. something that, you know, I think our clients are surprised when we're often, you know, saying mm -hmm. to them, you know, what is your what is your vision for the experience and yeah. how can we map out the processes across yeah. inventory, logistics, brand experience, so that it is this holistic, you know, experience mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. retention mm -hmm. and lifetime value of the customer is really important. It's not yeah. just short term wins. Um, yeah. So and and as I keep saying, like the pandemic has definitely um, mm -hmm. highlighted that. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen any sort of cultural shifts then? Because, you know, obviously you've been in, in, in the front line for many, many years. And as you say, when you were young, you know, you saw it. So have you, have you seen mentalities change in terms of it actually looking at the model of online versus offline and embracing that new holistic type model, which would probably make logical sense to the likes of you and I now? We have definitely. Um, more recently, clients are coming to us asking, you know, how can we recreate the in-store experience online? So that's really positive, um, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So, I mean, go, going to a, like a, a kind of a, a, one of the one of the areas of, of the omni-channel experience. What what would you say are the biggest challenges in the in, in, in omni-channel, in your opinion? I think, as you were saying, it's definitely a culture shift. And yeah. yes, you know, dishing out advice, you mm. know, for businesses to adapt is easier said than done. Um, yeah. I would say it's collaboration and communication, like we were talking about before, transformation, and then obviously tech mm. integration. Um, it's a huge upheaval for businesses. Yeah. Um, then you've got logistics, so getting the basics right, so integrating mm. um the store into supply chain for deliveries and returns um and another key challenge is brand consistency so yeah consumer a brand has one identity you know whether they shop in a boutique via an email campaign customer service live chat um or you know even scrolling through socials so it's surprising how many businesses don't um consider that what you know unified brand experiences um and I'd say, lastly and crucially, another challenge would be um, joining up the the single view of the customer. So, again, it's it's kind of a buzzword, um, but it, it's definitely difficult, and it boils down to the availability and the visibility of the customer data available, um, yeah. which is a challenge, definitely. Oh, I bet. I mean, there's so much data that needs to be collected from different places and then culminated and analyzed. I mean, do you get involved with that side of the business intelligence 
Definitely. Um, I mean, from a strategic point, absolutely. And then we've obviously got all of the, the technical guys. Um, yeah. But there are so many misconceptions about, um, for example, personalization and what, what data points can be used. And um, mm. it's something that we, we really have to go back to basics and just clarify what customer data they have and how they can use it. Um, to drive relevant experiences. Yeah, no, it does sound um, like quite a complex area. I mean, is it, um, wh when you think of omni omnichannel, is it just, well, I mean, just, I mean that, you know, in, in, in the nicest possible way, is it just e-commerce and off offline or is it bigger than that? I would say omnichannel has been a long-standing buzzword and it feels like it's been around forever <laughs> um, um and i think we need to broaden the definition obviously yeah. to include store and online but more touch points so social media marketplaces podcasts um all kinds of touch points um and i'd also add to that that i think it's not just the definition it's it's what it, the definition has more weight and importance behind it now. So, yes, it's about presenting a brand, um, product, services, etc., consistently mm. across channels. But mm. ideally, an effective omni-channel strategy will again yeah. centralize that that customer intent data, um, and again put the customer first. And I think yeah. previously omni-channel was just you know let's we've got these channels that that makes us omni-channel but no it's more than that um yeah no definitely. totally totally so i mean um i know you touched on it earlier but like from a practical point of view obviously you've been in this world for a long time and working with your clients now have you got any interesting kind of practical examples of how you are working with brands in this way to kind of recreate that in-store experience online we do and it, we're getting more and more interest on it which is great and um, that's definitely the ambition to um, yeah. recreate the in-store experience online um so again to state the obvious you know online users yeah. will compare prices and options and research more and consult influencers um in person it's about talking to staff and just mm. having a sense of experience so what can fill the gaps with that? Um, it's a lot of the time augmented reality and virtual experience. Mm. Wow. Um, there, are, there are lots of snazzy um, technologies that can do this um, and can be appropriate depending on what's feasible for the for different businesses. Yeah, um, yeah. But going back to sound, um, we have seen a few beauty clients actually really executing virtual try-on and virtual consultations really well. Yeah. Um, they've seen strong engagement. Um, it's an area that's getting more and more interest. Um, but mm. then I would also say a lot of um, clients are now coming to us and saying, we want personalization. Um, yeah. And we could spend a day discussing what that means, but <laughs> whether that's across uh, content banners, search, size and fit information, just mm. again, that's that can create the online, ex offline experience online in a way. Um, and then I would say also, because I, I, as I used to work in customer care, I'm, I'm very passionate yeah. not to leave them out. Um, no no yeah. longer just a, a, a call center. Um, I think. Yeah. 
really crucial um, for online teams to get feedback and helping customers via live chat, but also um, more technologies. A couple of our clients have actually adopted um, booking in-store appointments, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, guiding through virtual showrooms. There's, there's so right. many more options. Um, yeah. So again, helping um, drive retention, which is really mm. exciting. Yeah, that does sound very exciting, actually. Some of the things you said there were like, wow, yeah, things are moving forward. Do you think, um, do, I mean, in terms of, you know, you guys are on the crest of the wave, right? I mean, in terms of this kind of thing, can you see, are you ahead? Can you see ahead of the curve, if you like? Can you see any things that are beginning to, um, hold on a minute, might have, oh, got a back minute. Let's have a look. I can hear you. Oh, great. Um, so can you see any trends that are appearing that are almost, like you say, kind of new, disrupting, taking this thing to the next level? Have any, you know, any, any stuff like that going on? Yes. Um, well, we have loads of exciting partner technologies and yeah. we get shown a lot of exciting technology. So we're definitely aware of things, but as a consultant, yeah. Um, my priority is sort of fitting the right technology to clients of you know yeah. all different shapes and sizes. But yeah. no, there, there are there are definitely some more exciting technologies and trends coming out with regards to omnichannel personalization. Um, it's yeah. just making sure that um, mm. customers don't just go for all of the best tools in the, <laughs> in the box without yeah. kind of seeing everything mapping out processes and their vision. Yeah, no, totally. You're right. I mean. There, there is that element of you know everything in the gut, you know, chucking everything and in, and in, in the garden shed at it or whatever that term yeah. is. But but actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, you you've got to you've got to handpick the right solutions for the brand, and that's yeah. kind of interesting because, like, from our perspective, you know, I don't think necessarily that we're reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, we're trying to do something genuinely excellently. So that mm. it actually delivers the best that it possibly can in the space where we, you know, reside. Um, yeah. One of the things quite recently that we have developed is the journey builder. And I, the reason why I sort of came to my mind was because you talked about the idea of the more personal experience in store and then how you might manifest that online. And I mean, from our perspective, it's like if you can assist like a virtual assistant, I suppose, mm. the customer on entry to the site as to exactly what it is they're looking for. That's very much like somebody walking into a shop and somebody saying, hey, Phil, what are you looking for today? And I'm like, well, you know, my size is X, my, what I'm looking for is a dark color, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of makes sense to kind of emulate that in an, in an, uh, in an online experience as well. Um, so this is something, quite recent that we're we're now testing um for the the self-qualification of users on entry to the site you know whether it be gender category mm -hmm. uh, size etc have you come across much of that type of thing what just personalization in that in on site yeah, like, like journey builders and, and and this kind of idea have you seen much of that start to kind of take off at all in, in, in terms of this idea of almost bringing a virtual assistant or um, a way to emulate that 
sort of offline to online experience? Yes, I would say um, maybe not explicitly as you've described. It's yeah, really, sure. it's quite funny. Clients yeah. are like, we'll just say, I really, I'm really interested in personalization and they haven't yet defined what that really means. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that sounds really exciting, like a, a, a virtual, a virtual assistant. Um, and yeah. I think one thing that brands are also um, conscious of is what what data is being used and and how to serve the mm. to serve these experiences without being too creepy um yeah also being really helpful like what information is the customer willing to give you and yeah. how much can you get from all these different touch points um, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Are so important yeah 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 and i suppose we are you know inevitably moving into the world of segmentation as well um because yeah. if you are going to uh, in a, it almost transfer, almost in a different way, right? You know, if you were a big spender and you walked into a shop, you won't get necessarily a completely different experience than somebody who is looking for their first item. Mm -hmm. But but obviously in the online experience, it's an interesting area of development where actually you can serve a completely different experience because um, you're not going to the same set of variables. In, as you are in a shop, right? So this whole era of segmentation is almost like an extra layer of enhanced customer experience on top of the sort of offline side of things. So for example, you know, if you're serving hero banners and content and recommendations and on-site search and merchandising in different ways, different segments in a very powerful way, then, you know, if a, you're a discount hunter, and, and we know that. And you want to be giving a completely different experience online than somebody who is a VIP. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's an interesting area, isn't it? Because in off in offline, it will be harder to do that. I mean, yeah, you could sort of go, hey, you're a big spender, come with me. And like, you know, I don't know, go and have some champagne or something. You see it on telly sometimes in these boutiques. But in general, you wouldn't be able to do that. So I think it's very interesting to see how pushing the boundaries of segmentation to really drive exceptional experience that's very very um you know mapped very closely to the mentality of the user i think that that i know that has been done for many years you know and they're trying to get better and better at it. but i think the idea of doing that as quickly as possible so that it almost becomes your local you know you're not going to go anywhere else because you so know that when you turn up you're going to be getting uh, the discounts of the day or the the prestigious new line that just came out and particularly with brands that are bigger and with, with large amounts of products and SKUs and variants and so on, I think that that is a very, very exciting area to um, get on top of, I think. No, definitely, especially brands with, you know, vast catalogues. It's just not efficient and you'll no. just, it'll end up in a high bounce rate. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, personalization is should be the ambition of every every brand um, yeah. in some relevant experiences and you're right whether that's new versus returning mm. looking at their status as a yeah. multi customer there's so many different um iterations of personalization on site and it will ultimately improve conversion um yeah, yeah. but it's again depending on you know, there is a lot of dependency on the content available that that client has and the support that they'll need. Um, yes. It really varies across different businesses. Yeah, 
totally I, I i know what you mean i mean i've had a chat a few chats with some people that are you know working at enterprise level with some of the bigger brands in the country and um, obviously globally and they say the same thing actually they say there are some really fantastic agile technologies that are really sort of pushing the boundaries in various different ways but actually sometimes we've got to come right back to the beginning and sort out like the whole cultural element and the, the nuts and bolts of how you can start to begin in this world before anywhere near any of this other groundbreaking stuff that's going on. So it must be an interesting kind of world where, yes, you're excited about technology, but also there's an awful lot more kind of almost cultural management, people management, and so on as well. Do, do you find that from your, your perspective that there's quite a lot of that to balance in your role? Definitely. Um, yeah. it's a, we spend a huge amount of time mm. trying to find out what is what is feasible for each business each team yeah um so so much time um yeah. you know if yeah. someone comes to us with a list of road extensive roadmap items yeah. so really you need really need to take them back to the basics and of what's yeah. achievable for them and what they want to achieve um yeah. and, and yeah. we'll help them with the, the support to get there yeah it's yeah. definitely yeah i know that sounds great i can i can see from chatting to guys like you you know the importance of the consultancy element of this especially when the brands get bigger and complicated and so on as well exactly um, I and i think the great thing about um the consultants at astound is that we're all um ex-practitioners so right. we, we're all very very sympathetic to mm -hmm. um our clients um so for me that's you yeah. know the merchandising um content yeah. teams I, I completely understand it's it's overwhelming but we'll help them navigate to the tool that best suits them yeah no and it's nice that like you say you 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 aren't coming from a place where you're in an ivory tower you know you've been there you've done it you know you've been in you've been on the front line for many years i find that's a, always a brilliant place to lead from is yeah. you know like you serve to lead you know I, I i think that's so valuable life lesson there you know but um i mean so if anybody wants to sort of have a chat to you and the team more about this whole idea of getting a better handle on the omni-channel experience, um, you know, this cultural side of things, your experience from how you're helping brands move from A to B in this world, what's the what's the best way for, for guys to get hold of you? Um, yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm more than happy to answer any emails. Um, it's s.wilson at astoundcommerce.com or... You yeah. can find me on LinkedIn. I think there are lots of us, but I'm the only Sophie Wilson at Stound. So yeah, <laughs> that's happy great. to answer questions. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and just to finish off, um, I always try to not embarrass my my uh, my guests and ask a question. Um, bring a nugget out of the uh, the vaults of Sophie Wilson's life and give give our our listeners and our watchers something to take away, some gold from from your life some gold um yeah. well i'm i'm gonna keep it to omnichannel if that's okay yeah i think you know key one is just finished for most brands and post lockdown hopefully this is a time to realign and yeah balance the day-to-day -day reactive trading with more strategic priorities and mm. i think i've talked a lot about buzzwords and concepts. I think I've said customer experience about 100 times, um, omni-channel personalization, but the holy grail is um, a joined up customer experience, which yeah. 
needs a lot of consideration and definition. Um, Definitely. So don't rush and buy all the tools without considering. <laughs> yeah, apart from Segmentify, obviously. Apart from Segmentify. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm totally joking. That's ridiculous. Um, no, no, that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much for your uh, for your wisdom there, Sophie. No um, great. And guys, if you um, if you uh, want to head over to Segmentify.com forward slash EGS, uh, you can catch up on this episode and any other episodes that are there um in, in in the current series and uh, if you want to get involved or you've got any questions at all then just do find me online anytime at phil at segmentify.com uh, if i can say it um but uh, yeah i mean thank you ever so much Sophie, for your time again no problem Thanks. excellent and uh, no problem and i uh, will look forward to seeing you all again very soon bye bye